WebmasterRadio.fm. I am jealous of Katie Kempner. If you're listening to her show, she's got this fabulous kind of hip-hop intro. There are no good songs about Susan. I love Shrek. I'm an ogre. Well, see, you're my kind of guy. You're technical, you're super smart, and you're tall and handsome. We need a little time, you know, to be together. Fantastic. You're too hot not to be married. Some woman snatched you up already, is that right? Fiona and I are married now. And you sound like a Texan. Are you a native Texan? I'm an ogre. All right, will you play a little game with me? Oh, you mean like sorting the mail and watering the plants? You don't have to kiss my butt or anything, don't worry. Ad Tech Connect. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Join the club, we've got jackets. Webmaster Radio helps you to find your inner peace and help you discover the key to success. Webmaster Radio presents Good Karma. Whether you are a newbie or an experienced Internet explorer, it's time to find the answers that you seek. Ask the questions that others are afraid to ask and earn the rewards of your good karma. And now Webmaster Radio presents Good Karma. And now, here is your host, Good ROI, Greg Nyland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another excellent show of Good Karma, where we help all the newbies out there find their way and also teach the old dogs a few new tricks. This go-around, we're going to be talking about click streams, which is pretty much using user data and user behavior in order to rank sites and display information. Joining me in this one is going to be Michael Gray, a.k.a. Gray Wolf. Uh, <laughs> hey, Greg. How you doing? Good. You know, I, I uh, talked with Mr. Producer trying to get a good intro for you, and he totally delivered there. Thank you, That, Mr. that was Producer. pretty funny. <laughs> Um, and also joining us, we have Todd, the man, stunt double. How are you doing, Todd? Hey, Greg, pretty good. What a, that, that intro was golden. How do I get me one of those? Yeah. <laughs> nice car crash sound or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Hit by traffic, not by cars. How's it going, Michael? Hey, Todd. So we're all on the line together? Great. Yep. Um, so, Michael, you want to start off with the history of usage data with DirectHit, or you, you want me to start that you off? You can start. That's fine. Okay. So, basically, back in 1998, we're not talking anything new here. We're talking 1998, little search engine comes along called DirectHit.com, and pretty much depending on how many click-throughs you would get from the search engine result, that would pretty much depend on how high you would rank in the SERPs. So a lot of people would stay home and just click on their own site. Um, it was pretty easy to game that system. You know, very simple, but it was a very interesting concept. Pretty much the more quality you have in an ideal world, the more people are going to click on your site, so it's going to filter itself out. Um, Yahoo had an experiment back in 2000, and other search engines have had their own experiments going on. So that's pretty much the history. It's, we're not talking anything new here. Um, using usage data goes back for a long ways, but it's coming back now, and it's coming back in a much smarter way, and not everyone's aware of this just yet. So that's pretty much the history of it. Um, and when we're talking 
click streams and we're talking usage data. What we're talking about is cookies, toolbars. Uh, Google has one of the biggest ones out there, and that toolbar is collecting data. Um, they, Google also has a special deal with Firefox. And also with Google's latest DaVinci Code contest, they're driving a ton of people to establish user accounts. So they're pretty much getting a ton of data, and Yahoo is the same way, because remember, they also included uh, my uh, web results. If you like this, uh, save and deletes within their SERPs to get people to register for new accounts. So all the big search engines are collecting data in as many ways as possible. So that's pretty much the overlook. Anything I missed, guys? Michael, Todd? No, I think oh. you're, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like um, you absolutely got it. So we all got a good tip-off a few years ago when Google started filing their patents. And the patents were pretty much basically saying, depending on clickstream, it would influence the search result. Um, and we've then started seeing the personalization effect. A really small, nothing major just yet, but every now and then you can start seeing... If you're logged into your personal account, you'll start seeing different things than if you were just anonymous with no data associated with you. Um, so now, if you, you know, the question is, what is a search, uh, what's a website supposed to be doing, and what do they need to know, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, the integration of the usage data is, is kind of the natural evolution of search. They started experimenting, like you said, with the history of it back in the direct hit days, and, uh, and everybody else has kind of dabbled with it. But it's kind of like, okay, how can we use this data to produce better results, but not let it get, not let it be easily manipulated? Um, so to me, kind of the bird's eye view of all this is looking at it from the point of view of it seems like they're really at this point it would make logical sense just to use the usage data to kind of validate their findings. So they're really just going to use um, what they find that users are doing to validate what they've already found. And, and I think you know as we go through all this today and kind of look at all the different ways that they might be doing it, uh, to think of it from that perspective of just that they're using it more as validation of what their findings are rather than um, actual kind of influence over the over the ranking. So not so much that it's going to help you rank higher, but that it's a necessary threshold to cross in order to rank high. So it's kind of a, a necessity to, to pass those certain thresholds on user data. Just to kind of echo what uh, Todd's saying, I think it's, it's, again, it's going to be used to validate what they see. For example, like if they saw a bunch of traffic coming through with toolbar data, but there was no links that, you know, something wouldn't equal and the algorithm would say, hey, there's something wrong, let's not promote this particular thing. Yep. Um, now that we have the basic groundwork laid down, what we're going to do is go into a quick commercial break, listen to our fabulous sponsors, and be right back. Stay tuned, everyone. Stick around. Good Karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. 
A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing. 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 People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is join me each week, 2 2 2 o'clock on Tuesdays, Tuesdays. Intersection of advertising and PR. Katie is on the real Katie. Join you on the swim. Katie's a just demonstrating. So walk the real swim. Katie, please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. Cause I'm swim. Katie is on the real Katie. Join you on the swim. Katie's a just demonstrating. So walk the real swim. Katie, please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. On webmasterradio.fm. On the Now back to Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey everybody, this is Greg Nyland, a.k.a. Good ROI, and we're talking click streams with Michael Gray, Wolf, and Todd Stunt Double. How we doing, guys? Hey, Greg, real good. Yep, um, got to apologize here. I'm just having a little bit difficulty uh, hearing you guys. Um... So we're, let's move on to the next line here we're chatting about. Um, Michael, tell us what you see are good uses for click streams. What can be used, you know, how can it be used appropriately? Well, if I was, if I was Google, like I said, I would be looking for, for click streams to kind of validate. I would not let a, a click stream, you know, dictate. I wouldn't make it the driving part of any sort of uh, ranking or quality indicators. I would say, okay, I've got a lot of links going here. I've got a lot of traffic going here. You know, I've got a lot of traffic going here. This is all something that, that matches what it should match. If there's something in there that kind of doesn't match, like you're seeing a lot of traffic through there, but people aren't searching for terms, that sort of thing, you know, that there's something kind of fishy there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we know Google's tracking a lot of things. Like if you look at um, the sitemap tool, you'll actually see some of the, uh, the searches that you, your websites are coming up for, and you'll also see some of the things that you're getting clicked on. And, you, again, what I think they could use that kind of data to do is validate saying, hey, this is what we think he's ranking for. Why are there no clicks for this? That's, you know, that's something that I would look into if that was my particular engine. Yeah. I mean, the problem with using the click stream, it's, you know, it's an uphill battle. It really is. Um, but it is so enticing, and the search engines clearly with, you know, the patents and the personalization, they're definitely moving down that path. You yeah, know? It's really the best way to determine relevancy, ultimately. 
um, it's kind of hard in the short term to to match up these quality indicators. I think that they're looking at. You know, they're looking for these signals of quality that that are there, but they really have to determine them as they go along. So uh, a good one that I can think of would be the the time on on the site. So as you know, if someone clicks through the result and they spend a long time on that site, that may or may not be a good quality indicator depending on the type of site it is. So if it's you know a, a reviews kind of site, a long visit would be a good thing. Whereas if it was a directory style site, uh, you know there might may not be any need for the user to be on there for a very long time. So I, I think it kind of depends as they as they build data about different verticals and different types of sites, um, the more the more reliable and uh, better that that information will be able to be used. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, using the click streams, you know, it's one nice thing about it is the personalization, which we've mentioned, you know, and what are the ways that you would like to see it used for personalization? Personally, I'm not a big fan of personalization. I just think it, it I don't want to get, I don't want the machine deciding what I should or, or shouldn't see based on my previous history because I may have looked, you know, I may have looked up something for someone else, you know, doing research for, like, my wife or, or something else, and then I go to do research on something else, and I don't know that that's necessarily a good idea. I'm not a big fan of it, but I know there are other people who think it's a really great thing. Yeah, I see two real main issues with, uh, with the personalization. Uh, the first one being the, the most obvious concern to Google is probably the privacy concerns of, you know, if there's multiple people using the same machine, that sort of thing. And really, uh, with privacy being more and more of an issue with them uh, kind of came to light with the, the whole Gmail thing of people were, you know, to, to SEO types and to us that are familiar with the industry, displaying ads in email doesn't seem like a big deal. To the average user, that seems like a total violation of privacy and created a big stink kind of thing. So I think as they're trying to uh, balance privacy, that's going to be one of the big concerns with, with personalization is, you know, it almost feels like Google's watching all the time if you're delivering really spectacular results based on my own preferences. Um, so that would be one. And then the second uh, big concern would really be the, the adoption of it and, you know, is there loyalty there? Um, so I actually, uh, the person who had clued me into this one is I asked uh, Roger, Roger Mani, Martini Buster, um, about what his thoughts on were, were on personalization. And he really said, you know, uh, consider you know, Yahoo personalized versus MySpace or something. And there's really no loyalty there, and there's nothing to attract those users to start using the personalized search other than like the DaVinci the DaVinci Code uh, uh, contest, there is a good example, and they're they're starting to realize that and kind of build that loyalty beyond just um, kind of Uber geek users and and developing that loyalty. Um, so I think those are really the the big two main concerns of uh, getting any kind of personalized search that's worthwhile, gaining any information out of that that's outside of the kind of super geek kind of users. Well, do you think it's good if you use Clickstream that you allow millions of users to vote as opposed to only letting a few thousand website owners vote with their link popularity? Yeah, uh, ultimately it's it's a much better way to go, you know, watching the people who are actually using it versus, you know, it's, it's much more democrat democratic, but um, in the short term they have to kind of, they don't want to just roll something like this out. It's got to be something that rolls in slowly. Um, it makes logical sense to just use it as validation, like we said for now, um, versus trying to implement a whole bunch of this stuff and then having it fall on its face because it's overly manipulated because of a hole they didn't look through or they didn't see. I think one of the concerns also is you kind of create a catch-22 situation, whereas if you build a new, a new site, how are you going to get people to it if they're using click streams to rank and you're not getting there? How do you... 
how do you get over that initial burst? That's, you know, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd kind of sentiment. Right. Well, the search engines would love that because it would force people into PPC campaigns. You would need to do a PPC campaign to launch any new website. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think that's a lot of what we're already seeing with, you know, what's, what's come out about the sandbox and everything. You know, a lot of that has been link aging filters and, and those same kind of catch-22 filters that Michael's talking about. Um, but... At the same time, it could be those validation things where, you know, you see stuff that's fresh new kind of queries where something's just newsworthy and has just come about where, where that makes it through. So maybe, you know, those meet those validation standards of saying, hey, uh, this, this new site just got 10,000 links to it. Um, is there 10,000 users actually going there to, to meet this threshold data that we need in order to validate that it meets the standard to this type of site? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, before we get into... The next phase, let's take another quick commercial break right here, and we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about some other aspects of Clickstream. Stay tuned, everyone. Stick around. Good karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. Raising your ad inventory profits to the next level today is as simple as xy7.com, the only affiliate network giving you top payouts daily. Plus, you'll enjoy over 100 fresh high-converting offers, your own xy7.com debit card, good anywhere, and true 24-7 dedicated support. Our affiliate managers even sleep with their Blackberries. So why run your ads anywhere else? Let your site work harder for you today with xy7.com so you won't have to. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your few into a fortune. Brady Residence. Hi, this is Mark with WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm calling about the new music we're playing on Monday night. Well, the songs are where they are nowadays. You can't hear the words well enough to understand that what you would have heard is something you wouldn't have understood anyway. I agree. That's why Monday nights we're turning back the hands of time to the sounds of the 60s with Magical Mystery Monday. Wow. Boy. Groovy. Wow. Far out. Wait a minute. Who else is on this line? Jan Brady. Hi, Jan. Poor thing. Too bad she's a loser. A loser? Yeah. That's exactly what I am. A born loser. Oh, well, don't say that. You've got to have confidence in yourself. I do have confidence. I'm confident that I'm a no-talent loser. Well, if you want to build your confidence, then log on to webmasterradio.fm, because we've got a great lineup on Monday with Strike Point at 3 p.m., Wizards of Web at 4, and Magical Mystery Mondays at 8 p.m. I hope you've learned something from all of this. Yes, that Webmaster Radio is the destination for education and entertainment. You are the grooviest. Wow, you can ride my range anytime. Um, uh, no thanks. Uh, I really gotta go now. Now, back to Good Karma, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. 
Hey everybody, this is Greg Nyland, and we're here talking about clickstreams and how search engines are thinking about using it and how you guys should be out there getting ready for it to be implemented. Um, so we've already started mentioning about some of the bad sides about it, um, but I'm going to ask Michael, tell us more you know, about what you think is the worst thing for clickstream to be used. From an, from, a, from an engine's point of view? Yeah. Um, well, I would say they'd really not like people to, to think that they're using it because they, they don't want you to try and manipulate it in any way possible. And the cleaner they can get that data, the happier they're going to be. Mm -hmm. And people have already tried to start faking out the toolbar and other things like that. Yeah, like if you, uh, if you, looked at, um, if you went to Alexa and you, compared Matt, you looked at Matt's blog, there are some, they list related sites there down at the bottom. You'll see some, like, some adult sites and some poker sites. So obviously there were some people who were going through and making some effort to try and manipulate that clickstream that Alexa was getting about that to get their data to show up. Mm -hmm. Now, whether they were doing that for their own sites or to make their competitors stand out, that's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people, um, Alexa is a great example of that. Um, people have been trying to game Alexa for a long time. It's not the easiest thing to do, but people clearly have uh, played around with it in the past, you know. Um, but, Todd, tell us what you think is, you know, what would be one of the worst things for Clickstream. I think, you know, really just what you covered from, you know, if you're tracking click-throughs on, on the SERPs themselves, uh, it'd be easy enough to set up ClickBots or whatever else for uh, just like people are doing with PPC and they're facing those things with audits there. Um, so just kind of the same kind of stuff, you know. They, they can't set it up to be too directly easily manipulated, if it is, uh, people are going to catch on to that real quick. It's going to get manipulated, and then the relevancy is going to go out the window. Um, so really anything that, that people can automate programmatically um, is going to be a bad thing to use as a, uh, I guess, kind of a boost for, for ranking. If they're using it where it actually boosts you up the ranking, probably not the best way to go for them. Okay. And what about, you know, if someone was out there and they wanted to do something, would you recommend running PPC campaigns? Um, I, I think probably thinking along the guidelines of validation, if you're, if you're starting a new site, you just want to meet those thresholds. So to, to know kind of in the back of your mind what those thresholds might be. Uh, for instance, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, let's say, a viral new kind of site or a news article. Um, so if there's a new type of news, maybe um, a good example I'll, I'll use is uh, the guy who went to Iraq, the 16-year-old the kid or whatever, Ferris Hassan. So before, before he went to Iraq, there was no results for Ferris Hassan, right? Um, so then when he does, there's, there's no search results for that. So it's, people are going to naturally uh, link to the only articles and stuff about that. So when they get 500 links and they start ranking, um, it needs to meet that, those kind of validation guidelines of saying real users are going to the site and staying there for X number of minutes or real users are clicking through the search results or clicking through other sites, and this site deserves to be there. Um, so for, from the, back to your question about PPC, um, it really is probably going to help boost those numbers, and it makes logical sense from Google's standpoint um, that, that that should assist with that. So it, if you're pushing traffic through PPC, you know, if one-tenth or one um, one-tenth of a percent of people have that toolbar installed, it's really going to help you meet those, those kind of threshold guidelines. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel about, you know, if you were out there faking it with a programmer? What would you, would you go down the faking the toolbar route or would you just ignore it completely? 
Um, oh, I think you... Go ahead, Michael. Um, you know, if you're going to fake it, you, you've got to kind of go to a lot of trouble because if you just sit there and, you know, visit your 300 poker sites a day, that's probably not going to look like a, a standard user. That's just not something that normal people do. I think what you'd probably want to do is make your person, make your simulated bot look more like a regular person, have it do natural searches, you know, um, look for, pot, go, go to different sites, scrape some, some other traffic links from Dig, find out what people are browsing, um, go to Delicious, find what people are browsing, that sort of thing, you know, use like Google Zeitgeist or um, the, uh, Yahoo BuzzLog, find out, have you, just put, kind of sprinkle your traffic on top, don't go and make a big dump of all your, of all your, your spam, that's just, that doesn't seem like it's a good plan. Yeah, it'd be a pretty easy way for them to figure out what you're doing. Um, one of the interesting things that, that you might do before you do that is if you actually um, have Google capture your searches, like turn that on for a little while and see what you're searching and then see like if you can find someone else who's, who's not an SEO, like your mom or your brother or something, and let them turn it on and then compare your, how you search to how they search for that same period of time and look what stands out about your searches and makes your searches different than their searches and you want to try and make your bot look more like them than you. Very true, and it really is great advice of how to get normal-looking data. You know, just contact family and friends and say, hey, can I look at, you know, what's going on in your account? Sounds like an incredible amount of work. <laughs> uh, I think I, whenever I talk to, to folks kind of in the, the blacker areas or, or um, in the dark arts, they, they always, and, and it's always been, and probably it's half true and half they just don't want anybody else working in their space, is it's always getting tougher and tougher. And I think this is kind of the natural escalation of that. Uh, if you have to go to that point to, to kind of uh, emulate the, the manipulation, it's almost at that point you can create a real site, right, and uh, go along with the, the uh, create good content militia and everything they've been saying. So. Yeah, I think that's part of what they're trying to do, making it harder and harder to manipulate. You know, you've got to put more and more dollars or people resources into it. So, you know, are you better off just spending the time building something that's naturally good and really good as opposed to trying to spam it in? Yep. Um, and I mean, there, because there are so many ways with Clickstream um, that can get manipulated or could withhold new sites and all that, search engines really need to be careful with their implementation and hopefully just stop their implementation early. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it sounds like that's what they're doing. Um, of if It makes natural sense that they would roll that in at some point, but they're be, be, being very cautious about what they roll in and when. Um, and I think that's something that will continue. I mean, it, it only makes logical sense to, that relevancy, to base relevancy around actual personalized use. Um, that's the best way to get good feedback. And just like um, if you read a usability book versus having someone sit there doing an eye tracking study, um, you're going to get much better data, but they have to balance the other issues with incorporating that into the algorithm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so looking at all of this stuff and looking back at it, who do you think has the best chance of doing the least damage with click streams? Google, Yahoo, MSN? I, I would probably say Yahoo at this point, uh, just because they've uh, kind of worked the hardest on the community aspect of things. Um, and I, I would be willing to bet, you know, they really have the, the biggest community involvement, um, as well as I, I think that's one of the areas that Google really dropped the ball was uh, with Orkut. Um, if, had that become more of a substantial thing where they had the infrastructure to support it at the time, I mean, look at MySpace and Facebook and everything else, and that was really that before, um, it, you know, on a, on a mass scale but they just didn't kind of adopt that and put the infrastructure in place to, to use it. So I think that's one of the areas that Google really dropped the ball on. Uh, MSN, I don't, I don't really know that they have a huge community. Um, so I would say, you know, and especially even with the, 
acquisition of Delicious um, that they really have the most. Although Google does have the toolbar, Google does have uh, desktop search, and um, they're constantly adding things to track data as well. So. I agree. I think Yahoo's just in a much better position. I think Delicious is a, is a really excellent tool because people were using Delicious before. You know, it you know it was just a social bookmarking tool. No, no engine owned it. Whereas the Google toolbar, you're only getting the hardcore Google people. Whereas Delicious just has a much more widespread implementation. So I think you're you're getting much better data from that. Yeah, long live Web 2.0. <laughs> So we're going to be taking our third and final commercial break right here to listen to our fabulous sponsors, and we're going to be right back. Stay tuned, everyone. Stick around. Good Karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. From WMR Studios, from Academy Award-winning producer, Mr. Producer, and Academy Award-winning director, Mr. Intern, comes a two-hour roller coaster ride of thrills. Excited about the uh, different things that are going on here. Chills. Wow, that's excellent. And pure adrenaline. How you doing today, Greg? Excellent. 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 And again, sounds like the show's going pretty well for you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Next up now is Chris Tolls. Excellent. And uh, welcome to Next Up. Now, good karma's good ROI, Greg Nyland. Trying to put your hole in the dam with all the cracks. You know, as soon as you get one, there's always a new one. Excellent. Starring the blockbuster event of the summer, Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Um, yeah, that's excellent. Critics hail it as the best buddy movie of the year. East meets West in this laugh out loud box office classic. Excellent. You'll cry, you'll cheer for Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure, rated EX4. Excellent. Check out Next Up Now with Chris Tolls, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, and Good Karma, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Now back to Good Karma, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. 
Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Greg Nyland, and I got Michael and Todd on the line with me here, and we're talking about click streams. Um, so we've just talked about good things for it, bad things for it, mostly the bad things. <laughs> um, and, you know, also doing talking about some different um, issues involved with it, you know, and I don't think people realize just how uh, crazy things can get with click streams because if clickstream becomes the way of the future, which it probably, you know, it's headed in that direction, um, things can get really nasty because with viruses. Um, it could become very profitable to um, go out and hijack people's home pages. So that way, every time they start up a computer, your page always loads up. And that way, the toolbar will see that, you know, a user is going to this website constantly. So hijacking the homepage could become a very profitable venture, more so than it currently is right now, and it could lead to a new level of uh, viruses out there. And what if you, you wanted to, to reinforce some of that, like if someone, I'm not advocating anybody does that, but if you were to hijack, if you were to put other things on that page, such as AdSense that kind of validates, that catches the people that don't have the toolbar, or that, that thing at the little bottom looks like a Chitika Mall from, from Google, you know, anything that Google has that says, okay, that picks up, make sure that Google knows that people are coming there, you know, that would also be a, an interesting thing to try. Yeah, it really would be. Um, and someone in the chat room just posted a question about, um, or in, more a comment about open proxies. Um, they're wondering how it would be handled because they think search engines would just ignore public proxies. I'm not sure about that because I don't know how the search engines could constantly stay on top of the changing public proxies. It, it seems like they should do that, <laughs> whether whether they do it not, do or not at this point. Um, I think from everything I've seen, not not completely, and that it would be a very difficult thing to keep up on. And really, what you're talking about about viruses and everything else, I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a whole lot of it with with PPC and everything else at this point. So I think it's a ways out, and I guess we got to keep our fingers crossed that too many evil programmers don't uh, catch wind of this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, but there's a bunch of virus, and do you think people would start moving towards the virus route? The way I think that, people you know, do whatever they, they have to do. If they see they can't get the, the natural traffic any other way and they think this is the way to do it, you know, find some programmer who can write a virus. You know, there are a lot of places where you can get some, some programmers that, you know, on the cheap. Yeah, really, I mean... Um, or start paying people to have your toolbar and or put it, your website in iframes mm -hmm. instead of getting links. Just have your site hosted in iframes on a bunch of very uh, highly visited websites. That could be an interesting little trick. The, the quote that everybody loves is, is the "Don't bring a knife to a gunfight." And then, and those gunfights are getting awful messy these days. And I'm <laughs> I'm glad I don't got to deal with most of them. Yeah, but you know the. It really is, I can see why the search engines would really want to be pushing clickstreams, because if they're pushing clickstreams, it really forces people to think about how to get traffic without search engines. And that's something that they've always have been saying that they wish, you know, that we build sites for the Internet and not just for search engines. So I don't know how they can get to their dream world without breaking a lot of eggs. And I, I think one of the mistakes guys? that they that they make is to kind of lump the, the higher competition industries in with everything else. Um, so, you know, these the stuff that we talk about, that we're talking about now with the negatives to clickstream data, someone in home and garden and, in you know, some of the lesser competitive industries aren't going to result to that or aren't going to resort to that type of technique. You know, they're, they're not going to damage their brand by writing a virus or something like that and, and have that kind of thing outed. Um, where, you know, 
casino affiliates or uh, porn affiliates or whatever else, the, um, the higher dollar, higher stuff where, you know, the programmers working from home, those are, that's going to happen in those areas, and they don't, they don't kind of separate that in my mind. Uh, maybe they do, and I, I'm just not aware, but I, I think a, a big answer or big solution to a lot of the problems is, is kind of um, uh, separating by vertical, and I think they're, they're moving in that direction. And that'll kind of solve some of the problems. Yeah, kind of. I, I agree with Todd. What he's saying, you know, comparing two kind of different sites, you know, one site's going to get a lot more different traffic as opposed to another. Lumping all that data together really doesn't equal a fair comparison in some situations. Well, what if they factored it in to be part of the equation? Sort of like, you know, if you have two pages both with the same amount of links, you know, and then you default to page rank. What if they defaulted to click-through rates? I, I don't think at this point they can. I, I think you almost have to do that on the local rank kind of level within within those verticals. Um, if you've, you know, a good way for, for the people who want to know more about this to learn about click streams and everything is really to study it on their own site. So if you, you know, if you sit down in your analytics package, um, you know, whatever it is, ClickTracks, uh, Urchin, whoever you're using for, or I guess Google, uh, who, whoever you're using for stats, sit down and or, or get a stats package where you can uh, follow the clickstream data and and then try to interpret some of that data. <laughs> you know, it's it's really not always logical, and you think one thing until you kind of put those theories to the test, and until you test some clickstream theories, um, you don't have really that full understanding for it. And when you when you do have that understanding, it's easy to see how uh, you might have one working hypothesis about something and it's totally off base when you test it. And, and I think that's what they're doing is they're really just in that testing phase of taking this in order, inordinate amount of data and trying to make sense of it. Um, anyone listening in the chat room, feel free to um, ask any questions, and we'll address them here on the show. Guys, as we're, um, I think we've pretty much covered most of everything for clickstreams. Um, is there anything else you guys want to mention here? Um, one that I'd definitely pitch in is uh, the patent paper that we talked about, the Google patent paper. Um, most of those patent papers make me bleed from my eyeballs, uh, so I tend to wait until someone really smart interprets it. And uh, Rand over at SEO Moz has a real nice write-up on that patent paper. I actually reviewed it a little bit today, and there's some excellent stuff in there about just you know interpreting what they wrote in there. You know, obviously it's his take on it. You got to kind of read read between the lines and, and make some sense of it yourself. Uh, but overall, he does a, a fantastic job of, of deciphering that information. Uh, I also just want to say, you know, test if you've got a theory. Like, set up a go to set up a page and only visit it from a browser with a toolbar. Don't put any links to it. See what happens. Do it on a couple different sites. Try and see if you can find a way in. Yep. And so I think we pretty much covered that. Ready to move on to a um, just an extra topic here. I want to throw in here the latest uh, sitemaps update. Have, are you guys ready to chat about this for just a few minutes? Um, sure. Michael, go Okay. Um, so sitemaps, how do you guys feel that if um, you're registered in as a sitemaps account, you can submit a spam reports and it will get more attention because you're a registered Google user? Uh, are we answering uh, as if we were engineers or as if we were SEO? <laughs> <laughs> um, if from an engineer's perspective, it makes perfect sense, you know, to, to give people a better soapbox to, to scream spam reports. Um, from an SEO perspective, I've never done a spam report, and I don't think it's plain fair. All right. Thanks so much for stopping in. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Nyland, and we're just chatting with Todd and Michael, and we're talking about all the click streams and how search engines can use it for their stuff and all the bad issues about it and how to protect yourself. We hope you had a great time listening, and we hope it was informative. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll be back next week.
Bye-bye. Webmasterradio.fm.